Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston. We're starting a brand new conversation called The Power of No. My name is David Amson. I get the opportunity to share it with you. No is a very interesting word, so let's start with this thought. This series, like the last one, is not a self-help series. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. See, if it was a self-help series, I would be teaching you on the power of yes. Because psychology tells you the more often you say the word no, it actually increases your no bias in your life, and the negative that is attributed to the word no actually builds versus the positive that we need to point out. So if it was a self-help series, I'd be teaching on the power of yes. But this isn't a self-help series. This is a series where we're going to help ourselves get a little closer to God. And so we're going to talk about the power of no. And here's where the power of no is. Power of no is this. There's positives to the word no, and there are negatives to the word no. So a positive, what would a positive be? Uh, let's, th- let's think about this. December 1st, 1955, this young lady was working at a Montgomery uh, store as a seamstress, ended a long day at work, and decided to head home. And as she was headed home, she was getting on the bus. The bus at this time was segregated, a white section and a black section or if I should say African-American section, but during 1955, it would have been white and it would have been black. And so this bus started filling up, filling up, filling up, and all of a sudden the bus driver realized the white people were running out of room to sit, so he stopped the bus and moved the line to where the black African-American would be able to sit, and three people allowed the bus driver to move the line, but one person by the name of Rosa Parks said the word, no. And all of a sudden, the power of this word, which, by the way, in I believe it's five different states, today is actually Rosa Parks Day because of one lady on a tiny bus in the middle of nowhere decided to say a word. Ready for the word? No. No. And you can see the power of saying the word no and the repercussions. But we also can see the power of not saying the word no, or at least I did. It was a couple weeks ago, and by the way, I did clear this story with all parties involved. I was at home, and all of a sudden my phone rang, and on my phone it said school. And I went, well, that's the kid's school. Normally when this call comes in, it's, hey, one of your kids ran headfirst into something and they need stitches, right? Parents, that's it. Or, hey, your, your son or daughter came to the nurse and they're not feeling well all the time. So I thought this would be a normal one of those calls. And then it dawned on me, this is well after school is out. So I answered, hello, this is David. Hey, this is so-and-so. I need to talk to you about one of your boys. Okay, what's going on? He was found cheating today okay, well, it's time to talk about this. So in fact, he didn't actually cheat. He gave his homework to someone else in order for them to be able to achieve their homework. But at the end of the day, that is cheating. And the principal or the individual that had called me, uh, principal, I guess I kind of let that out of the bag already. Uh, and, I, and I really did, I promised one of my kids, I wasn't going to embarrass Mariah, but okay, my baby girl, seven years old, I'm used to getting the phone calls from her like at recess, she's like making shivs on the playground, she's a real 12 child, but it wasn't Mariah. 
And, uh, and the principal actually said this, your son handled this with amazing class. Never once did he try to lie. He admitted to it right away. And the principal asked him, why did you give the homework to him? And my, my boy said this, he goes, I didn't want to say no. no to my friend. And so I started thinking, I, I came up with a couple, maybe, maybe there's a, a couple reasons why we refuse to say no and we often say yes. Maybe we say yes because we want to avoid confrontation, yeah. right? It's easier just to say, okay, you know, I don't want to say no to you. We'll say yes. Maybe it's just to avoid conversations. Maybe like in this case, maybe it's to please other people. Make them happy with you. Make, make, the, make the situation a little bit better. Maybe there's a fear of missing out. We're always saying yes, 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 but the problem is we need to say no because guess what? Being at home, having a little bit of downtime, that, that what is it, FOMO, try, fear of missing out on everything. Maybe it's okay to miss out on some things and because we don't say the word no, we're never able to achieve that. But then maybe there's this compulsiveness inside of us that nothing's ever enough. And you can't say the word no because you're saying yes to everything, trying to find life in life. But the problem is you don't even know what life looks like, so you chase anything that looks like it's life-giving. But at some point in our life, we have to find out that the word no could maybe be the healthiest thing for us. It could start a movement that changes a nation, or it could just keep you out of trouble. And so we're going to talk about the power of no. To do that today, we're going to read out of Daniel chapter 6. This is, we're going to, everyone say Old Testament. Old Testament. We're going old school today. Daniel chapter 6. And this is one of those stories that if you were a little kid, mommy and daddy maybe told you. If you grew up going to Bible study, you probably heard this. If you don't know anything about Jesus, and by the way, if you're here today and you don't know anything about Jesus and you're just kind of exploring it, we are so grateful you're here. Like, you don't have to believe everything we believe. We're going to point you to what we believe. But even if you don't believe anything about Jesus, you probably heard about Daniel and the lions. We all know the story. So this is, we're going to read this, but there's some truth I think we need to pull out of it. So Daniel chapter 6, if you're watching us online, we got the scriptures. If you want my notes from today, make sure to download the app. You can get all the sermon notes for today's sermon. And it says in verse 1, And it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule through the kingdom. If you have no idea what's going on, don't worry. We're going to do a quick backstory in a second. And so he was going to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. If you wonder what Daniel's exceptional qualities are, I want to encourage you to go to week three of our growth track. Boy, did you see that shameless plug? It was right there. In case you missed it for those online, you know, Daniel was amazing, not necessarily because of the talents that he had, but the disciplines that he kept. And you want to know the disciplines that Daniel had? I want to encourage you to go to our growth track. But right now we're going to keep reading four, verse 4. At this time, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of governmental affairs, but they were unable to do so. So uh, they could not find, uh, they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So let's do this. A quick backstory for you in case you don't 
don't know, the Babylonians now have Israelites underneath captivity. They are slaves. It happened in three different rounds of Babylonian waves. They call it the Babylonian waves. They went in and they ended up conquering all of Israel. And so now Daniel was a part of a group that was taken into captivity. When he first went into captivity, they shaved his hair or they cut his hair. They put on different clothes. They even were teaching him different language and history. And the reason why was they were trying, the Babylonians were trying to cultivate these Israelites into their image. Okay, I'm going to say that again because this is important. The Babylonians are trying to cultivate us in their image. And Daniel at one point go, listen, I, I, I don't mind learning a new language. I don't mind wearing a different outfit. You know, I'm an old Navy guy, but if you want me to, I just realized I don't know two different types of clothes. I know old <laughs> Navy, that, that right in the middle of my example, Nordstrom's? There we go. There was. I think we all know that my wife dresses me in the morning. Okay, so like, you want to change my clothes? Fine. You want to cut my hair? Fine. But he actually got to the point. You want me to eat food sacrificed to demonic gods? I'm going to cut the line there. And so you might have heard the story before of Daniel, like kind of pushing back. And if anyone ever heard of the Daniel fast. That was when he was going to eat a different way than what the king was saying. But Daniel ended up becoming so powerful because of his dedication to God and the disciplines that he had in his life that now we see, and if you don't know what we just read, basically Darius is trying to figure out how to rule his kingdom, and he just told us his, his org chart. He just told us his flow. It's going to be Darius. He wants to have three people that oversee 12, and those, oversee, those 12 oversee the kingdom. And the reason they're doing this is so that Darius doesn't suffer loss. He's just putting together his organization to run his kingdom. And in the middle of this, he, you have to have people that you trust to work with you. And Darius, as he looked throughout the kingdom, said no to that Babylonian, no to that Babylonian, no to that Babylonian, yes to that Israelite. And he said, I'm going to put that Israelite. And wouldn't you know that there were some Babylonians that were going, we don't like that this foreigner is over us. And so they had all these plans to be able to do something. So you have Daniel trying to be faithful, and now you have the faithless trying to remove the faithful. And here's just an opening thought that I have for you. Your life will be a product of your greatest focus or your greatest distraction. Your life will be the total sum of what you either focus on or what you're distracted by. And so today, the power of no, I'm going to try to get you to focus on what you need to be focused on because many of us get distracted by everything, everyday life issues that shouldn't be distracting us. Right? How many have ever sat down to do a project and the next thing you know, you went ahead and answered six emails, two text messages, one Instagram, and all of a sudden you look back and go, oh, I didn't get my project done. Well, yes, you did. You got the distraction accomplished, but you didn't get your purpose fulfilled. And so today I want to help you get your purpose fulfilled by saying no to the things that are distractions and saying yes to what you should be focused on. So verse 5. Finally, these men, who are these men, the ones that are trying to uh, uh, get rid of Daniel, they said, we will never find any bias or basis for charge against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. I want to read this in the most sarcastic, cheesy, oh, king, 
Live forever. You're fantastic. The royal administrators, the uh, prefects, the satraps, the advisors, the governors, all have agreed that the king should... You know, it's funny. I don't remember all these other people being in the list earlier. But you know, when you're coming with a lie, you have to build your lie around other people that actually have character. Okay, so, so all these people are coming and saying, we have agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human during the next 30 days, except for you, your majesty, you handsome son of a gun, you kink. I, those are, is those new, new old navy shoes? Those look good on you. Like, for the next 30 days, except for you, your majesties, shall be thrown in the lion's den. Now your majesty, issue the decree, put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed so Darius put it in writing so at this time just a quick backstory when the king would officially write anything in the decree that was law and it can't be changed and you didn't have lawyers come in and with appeals why because the king was the lawyer he was the judge and he was the executioner so according to the law of the Medes and Persians, once it went into writing it was set as law and here's what I can see this can you see the manipulation that they had over the king? And he started filling him, the king with all these thoughts and all these perspectives, and it just started manipulating. Society will try to manipulate in order to get what they want out of you. But what we have to be careful for, there's times when it's hard to say no when it, in, when it appeals to our overinflated uh, self-pride. There's times that it's going to be hard for you to say no when all of a sudden you think you're the answer. You think you are great. You think you are the solution. And when it appeals to our overinflated sense of ego, all of a sudden it could be a place hard for you to say no. Because let's think about it. I mean, why does David preach all the time? Well, David thinks no one does it better than him. And you see, right now, you don't know if I'm talking to myself. <laughs> For you business owners that won't delegate any jobs to anybody else. Because you don't think anyone else can, what, open the mail as good as you can? No one else can enter it into the computer as, as well as you can? Right? When we are the best at everything, how can anybody come along and tell us anything differently? And we can't say no if our pride is in the way and our ego is in our, in our way. But we have to start learning to let go of any battle that is between you and your destiny. If it's not between you and your destiny, let go of that battle. Every other battle is a distraction to your destiny. Every other battle is a distraction of what God's called you to. So now, verse 10, this is it. By the way, if you're not listening at all today and you don't plan on listening to the whole sermon, listen for the next three minutes because this is the main point. Verse 10, now when Daniel learned that this decree had been published, he went home to, to his upper upstairs room where the window opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got on his knees, prayed, gave thanks to God just as he's done before. And I personally think he swung the doors wide open to that window. 
And I personally think when the mat was just a couple inches away from the window, he moved it a little closer. So the new prayer looked like this. Everybody see what's happening here? This is the Daniel that I picture. When he found out about this decree, rather than succumbing and saying yes to something that wasn't moving him towards his destiny, he made sure to stand firm in what he knew was his destiny. So ready for this? Here's my thought. I believe Daniel was clear on his mission. That's why it was easy to say yes to prayer and no to a king. Question for you. Are you clear on your mission? Are you clear for what your life is? Are you clear for what God has for you? If you're a father and you want to be a father that the kids want to talk to you after they leave your house, do you want to be a father that your children come back to and seek advice? Do you want to be a father that when the daughter's driving through town and has five minutes to share, spare, she calls and says, hey, can I come over for a cup of coffee? Do you want to be a father that one day gets to walk down, and I'm going to just be blunt on it, to walk his virgin daughter down an aisle to a man who's a man of God in order for them to move into a healthy... Do you want to be that father? Because if that father is a clear mission to you, no becomes very easy when that girl at the office starts flirting with you and you think to your over-inflated uh, over ego, oh, yeah, I guess I am still good-looking. And maybe I should have this emotional flare affair over here to the side. No, no, no. If you want to be the father, if that's the mission that God has you on, it's very easy to say no to this. this uh, am I allowed to say the word floozy? I don't know if that's like, I don't know what it, like, like, what word? No, I'm not. She said loose. I didn't say loose. But if I was, like, we'll just go with what she said over there. So like, like, it's easy to say no to that. Moms. Do you want to be a mother? And I know I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm just trying to say you need to have a clear mission in your life. Because if your mission is to go with today's society, today's society says you got to go to school, you got to go to college, you have to get your degree, and once you get life together, try to have children. And I'm just going to say this feel free to start having children in your mid 30s and 40s when you're out of energy. Feel free to start having kids when you put all your energy into money and self-accomplishment and degrees and things like this. And then you wonder why you, you have one kid and go, I want to stop. You're exhausted. You weren't exhausted at 19. But we somehow give up the greater for the lesser thinking it's what we should do as Americans. But can I just say, I'm just going to be outright. Hey, women, have babies. Have a lot of them. I only stopped at four because of my wife. I think I can get away with this. No. Yeah, no, no, no. Hey, honey, good to see you. But here's the thing. If you have a desire to be a mother, then it makes it easy to say no to everything else. My wife had a desire to be a stay-at-home mom before you we ever married. Had a desire to be a stay-at-home mom. And once you know it, we started saying no to anything that didn't create an environment where she could be a stay-at-home mom. We've never had to send our, day to our kids to daycare. My wife was there raising the children that we wanted. And now, after our kids, they're starting to get older. One kid started driving behind the wheel with 
with an instructor just yesterday. My Mariah, she's to the point, I'm so excited. She can go to the kitchen and make herself breakfast. Now, it's a, it's a train wreck, but it, she can at least <laughs> feed herself. I don't know the last time I wiped a dirty butt, and I thank God for that, right? Like, things are happening. I need some parents that are excited. You know what I'm talking about. When you take that one diaper, and, you, and it's just, that smell is... Uh, and you just got to get right. How many are saying you want to go back to those explosive diarrheas that walk up the back and you consider cutting off the onesie, right? Are you with me? Like, I don't, I appreciate those days, but I'm glad I'm past those days. But now all of a sudden my wife has been able to explore all those things she had a desire for. And now she has started a career. Now she has stepped out in something new. But if, do you want to be a business owner? Then guess what? Say no to some free time. I know you think you're going to start a business so that you can just tell other people what to do. But until you build it into almost a legacy, you're the one doing all the work. You are the chief bottle washer. You are the chief dishwasher. You are the chief cook. You are the accountant. You do everything. But you want to live a certain lifestyle because you have a dream or you have a purpose that God's called you to be a philanthropist. Well, guess what? You can't be broke and be that. And so the next time you're walking through the store and there's a stupid purchase and you just go, oh, it's shiny, I want to buy it. Wait a second, do you want to say yes to that and no to your destiny? Or is it easy to say no to that so that one day, whenever there's a need in the kingdom, whenever there's a need in society, when we find out there's 25 homeless people and there's no place to put them, there's all of a sudden a food program for kids that their parents aren't taking care of them, and you want to be able to have money to be able to invest in it, you can say yes to philanthropy because you've said no to everything else that is a sidetrack to you. I, I, don't, I think I am, and I'm just going to keep going. Are you single? Okay. I appreciate you guys answering out loud. <laughs> Here's the thing. Have you made a list of what you want? I'm serious. Make a, make a list. Do you want a tall guy, or you want some of them short guys out there? I'm not a short guy. <laughs> like, I'm so happy you can clean under the sink. Like, Do you want a tall guy, or you want a... Sh- you know, the only people offended right now can't even jump up here on stage to say anything. <laughs> You're tiny. You're tiny. You know, just. <laughs> where, where, which direction do you want me to keep going? Because I have a few more shirt jokes. But here's the thing. If you're single... Have you taken time to say to yourself, what type, of, what type of spouse am I looking for? Do you want them tall, short? You want them, you want them dark? You want them light? Here's a question. You want them to have hair or no hair? Uh, here, here's, here's one for you. Do you want them to be holy and devoted followers of Jesus Christ? See, the moment we start making that list it becomes very easy to start saying no to some people, right? Because they come up and the first thing they're trying to do is get you in bed that night. Let's do a hard no on that one, right? And then here's the other thing, beautiful. And by the way, you said I'm preaching, so we're going to keep going here. And this is a lot longer than I planned on staying here. There's something powerful about knowing what your yes should be. Because if not, your no's practice a habit you don't want to have. And here's what I mean by that. My kids on this day 
So and I, I have a 15-year-old, I have a 13-year-old, I have an 11-year-old, and the amount of conversations that I have to have when it comes to, am I allowed to start dating? And my, question, my answer is very easy. Are you ready to get married? Because if not, here's what happens. They're going to go out with someone for a little, and I'm, I'm going to use my, my boys are going to go out for a little bit. They find out there's something they don't like about them, so they separate. They go out with someone a little bit, find out so they don't want, they separate. They find out something, they, se- they separate. Congratulations, I've just taught my kids practice divorce. I didn't practice, they didn't practice covenant. So it's like, can I start, can I start dating now? No, you know what we're going to practice now? We're going to practice self-discipline. We're going to practice other attributes of our character rather than just focus on longings. And so what are we practicing? We practice saying no to the life we don't want so we can say yes to the life that God has for us. And right here, Daniel had a clear mission of what his life was about. What is your clear mission in your life? Do you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Then it should say easy to say no to hitting your snooze and saying yes to get up and reading the Bible. Because the moment you hit snooze versus getting up to pursue God, you say yes to somebody being the God of your life. The moment you say yes to being a follower of Jesus Christ, when it comes, I'll just speak for me personally, when it comes to my sobriety, it's easy to say yes to Jesus, so now I have to say no to this other stuff. If you want to live a sober life, then guess what? Saying yes to being accountable, saying yes to being transparent, saying yes to being faithful to me. I say yes to all those things because I want to say no to everything else. So how do you utilize the power of no? Be clear on your mission. Verse 11, quickly. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying, asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. And said, sir, did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except you, your majesty, you good-looking king, would be thrown into the lion kings. And the king answered, the decree stands in accordance to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Ooh, then they said to the king, Daniel, oh, Daniel, we got him. Daniel is, oh, you know what? He happens to be one of the exiles from Judah. Huh, isn't it amazing? Racism still existed 4,000 years ago. They didn't say the guy who works for you. They made sure to point out his color. Or excuse me, his race. Uh, I mean, it's right there. Uh, He pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree that you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. So legally, he was trying to figure out what he could do, but the problem is legally, he wrote this decree. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said, remember, your majesty... That according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave order, gave the order, and they brought Daniel, threw him into the lion's den. And then the king declared this over Daniel. May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. Isn't it amazing that sometimes a no that's good for you is bad for other people? Now, 
in the coming weeks, and actually I think it's two weeks from now, I'm going to share with you a list of how I think is the healthiest way to deliver no to someone. Because sometimes friends, sometimes family members, sometimes bosses, sometimes individuals come and it's incumbent upon you, it's healthy for you, it's mission critical for you to say no, but I do believe there's healthy ways to say no. But in this case, he had to live with the consequences of his yes. And the consequences was being thrown in lion's den, but it's powerful. We have to see this. The power of your testimony can influence the kings of our life. The power of your dedication can influence the most influential people around you, even if you don't know if they're watching or not. And so we have to see, the other thing that I would throw out there is, I think it's worth you identifying people who support your no. So oddly enough, at this point, I'm guessing Daniel, when it comes to all those other people, those satraps, those administrators, I'm guessing in the future, Daniel goes, they're not Team Daniel. But oddly enough, the guy throwing him into the, into the lion's pit, Daniel can now trust that guy. Because that guy's trusting Daniel's. No. And in it, he goes, hey, buddy, sleep sound tonight. I need your God to take care of you because sometimes in our life, the kings of our world, the influence of our world will not be able to influence our life. Only the God that we serve can. And so a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Basically, they put a lock on it till the morning. Then the king returned to his palace, spent the night without eating, without entertaining, being brought to him. He could not sleep. And at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the, the lion's den. And when he came near to the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, the one that you got up in your window, still prayed to, despite the fact that I put a dumb rule out there, because sometimes managers and owners put out foolish policies that we have to live by, that has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lion's den? And then Daniel answered, hey, sit, sit. Okay, hang on one second. Hey, king. Live forever. I slept like a champ last night. My God sent an angel. He shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. See, earlier, I think we discovered Daniel's mission. Now we discovered his motive. So I told you earlier, if you were just going to listen to one part of the sermon, the most important thing that I think you needed to hear today, what is the mission in your life that you're focused on? And by the way, maybe your mission has just been existing. You get up in the morning, you get ready, you go to work to get enough of a paycheck to come home to pay most of your bills in order to get some food to go to bed. That's existing. God is wanting us to thrive and he wants us to live. 
And in order to do that, we need to know clearly what our mission is. And Daniel's mission in his life should be the mission that all of us that are followers of Jesus Christ have. It's to glorify God in every one of our actions. Uh, By the way, I, I will probably mess up on my mission in the next 60 minutes. He's not asking us to be perfect, but he is asking us to progress forward. So Daniel, when it came to his mission, it was clear. But now we found his motive. I was found innocent in his sight. See, it's as we move into life, our motives will always be revealed. And as we, those motives with our spouse, those motive with our boss, if there's manipulation there, if there's self-preservation there, if there's any other motive, guess what? It will be rooted out of you when you make your yes and no's decisions. But when our yeses come with a pure motive, or excuse me, when our no's come with a pure motive and a clear mission, we're going to see something here. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wounds were found on him because he had trusted his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed their bones. So the lions were hungry. I mean, there's no debate about that. Daniel should have been dead. But... Daniel would not be distracted by the small things so that he could accomplish the big things. And you might say to yourself, lions are a small thing? Yes, when God is involved. But Daniel could have been distracted by the lions, by those things in his life that are trying to kill him. But here's a thought for you. If you're constantly distracted in life, the things that you're trying to control will eventually consume you. So if you're trying to control every situation, eventually that situation that you're trying to control as seen by these other satraps, it will not only control you, it will destroy you, and it will destroy your future generations. Why is it that you should be clear in your life of what you need to conquer, what your mission need to be? It may not just be to save you, but it could be to save your wife and your children. I'm just going to tell you a personal thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'll be honest with you, I'm still in the middle of my process. A few months ago, I realized that there is what I believe a unhealthy spiritual belief that I have in my life. The problem is it's deeply rooted, comes from my childhood. I can tell you where it came from. I can tell you how I got it. But the problem is I keep living it out. I mean, you know what? I don't care. I'll tell you if you hold it against me, that's on you. Um, I actually think I have a poverty mindset. It's odd because the way I handle my personal finances and the way I handle the church finances are so completely different. But in my personal life, I believe I have a poverty mindset. And it's interesting because I can tell you where I got it from, and lately I've been watching my kids echo it. And then I say to them the truth, but I go back to living wrong. Let me ask you this. Do you think this poverty mindset is more likely caught or taught? Caught. So how do I start saying yes to a kingdom mindset? 
Because when you start hearing your kids echo your foolishness, you're just watching the lions lick their chops. And I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to let them be consumed by that. But the question is, am I clear enough on my mission that I can conquer it myself? And until I get to the place where my mind is to the place where my mission is clear, I'm still sitting in the lions, watching them pace, wondering, am I being consumed? Or are the wrong voices in my life from the past waiting to get pushed down there because the lions will eat something and someone? But in my life, I need to make sure I can't be distracted by these small things, trying to control a mindset that's wrong, because eventually the mindset will consume. So then King Darius wrote to all the nations and people in every language, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Uh, by the way, we're not real big as followers of Jesus Christ. We're not real big on people being mandated that, they're, that they have to follow Jesus. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a nationalism. That's Christian nationalism that we don't support. We don't want it mandated for people to follow Jesus Christ. So let's do this. Let's see the heart behind what the king was trying to achieve. He said, for he's the living God, he endures forever. His kingdom uh, will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered. Look at that. The moment Daniel said no to anything outside of his mission, he prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And so Daniel, who should have been in captivity was living the high life, if you would, because saying no to temptation and worldly pressures can lead to divine protection and blessings. If you say no to this, how are you going to overcome it? We need to at some point believe that God's divine interaction and protection will come in our life. Well, if I say my boss is asking me to fudge these numbers a little bit, if I lose this job, hang on a second, is your boss your provider or is God your provision? Right? Well, I, I don't want to say no to my kids. If I say no, I don't know what's going to happen to them. Listen, you're, you're, is, is, is God the one in charge of your kids' eternal soul, or, is you, or are you? When we start understanding that there is divine protection and blessing, and when our mission aligns with God, then our trials and victories can give His praise, can give praise to Him. There is no way Daniel finished this day and went, can you guys believe I was able to train every one of those lions not to eat me? Listen, there will be times in your life where you have such provision, you have such protection, you have such divine interaction with God and the heavenly host that there's no way that you can take personal claim to what God has done. You can only give him praise. But it didn't happen because Daniel was tolerant it didn't happen because Daniel was passive. Daniel was clear on his mission, and his mission was to worship Yahweh above all else. And when that happened, despite the distractions, despite the, the persecution, despite people coming in, trying to shut him down, Daniel was able to stand full. 
So here's the power of no for you today. What do you say no to because it gets in the way of the mission that God has you on? And now you're sitting there going, well, what is my mission in life? That may be the most important thing for you to, under, for you to figure out. What has God called you to? What is your purpose in life? What is the spiritual gift? And by the way, I know you feel like I'm now going to make another cheap plug, but I don't mean this. If you really don't know what your purpose in life is or what your spiritual gift is, I want to encourage you to go back to growth track again. We actually do a spiritual test on week number two for you to discover what God has created you for. And when you know what that is, it's easy to start saying no to everything that sidetracks you and saying yes to the difficult conversations, the difficult uh, uh, hills that you have to climb. So this week, I found another reading program in the YouVersion Bible app that if you would want to read this to help you start kind of breaking through for powerful yes moments in your life, it's called No Limits. This Bible plan called No Limits, I, I think this is five days long, but it had just some incredible things for you to start thinking outside of the box that you've always lived in for God to be able to call you up to a higher place. This conversation isn't ending today, but I do have to hit pause today. We're out of time. NavKid leaders are watching their clock, waiting for you to come get their children because you are amazing mothers and fathers that have a desire to raise up the next generation in the ways of God so that when they depart from you, they will not go towards evil. We, wanna, we, we love that you trust us with your children for a little bit, but you are the greatest pastors they have in their life, and their spiritual life is being formed in fashion every day by you. Why do I say all that? To put pressure on you? Yep. Yep. Because you can teach them all you want, but they're going to catch who you are from day number one. And so, God, we're going to hit pause on this conversation to say this. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to what you've called us to. We say yes to the purpose and plans that you have for our destiny and our future. We say yes to being followers of you in every aspect of our life. In every place that rears, I'll say it this way, rears its ugly head to try to distract us, Lord, let us have the power of no. Let us have the power of no today, God. No to sin, no to death, no to distractions. No to a past that would try to pull us down. No to a future that would try to uh, sidetrack us. Yes to you, God. If you're here today and you have your eyes closed, can I ask you to keep them closed for just one more second? And here's why. There, I, I think there's some people here today, you could be watching us online, you could be sitting with us in person. You've, you've said no to spirituality, spirituality a long time in your life. You've said no to a higher power. You've said no to believing that there's a God that exists. But today you're sitting in here and everything inside of you is going, wait, this thing's real. There was a power at this building that I've never experienced for. And the reason why is it's not the building, it's the church you're sitting with. 
It's the people sitting in here with you. We have said yes to a power greater than us, and that's the power of Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here's what happened 2,000 years ago. At Christmas time, we celebrate his birth. We believe that God was born unto a virgin, Emmanuel, Christ with us. Jesus was born sinless, flawless, perfect. He walked with us, talked with us for 33 plus years. And during that time period, he gave us instructions for living here on earth, but he also gave us a pathway for eternal salvation. And what that pathway was when he died on the cross, we celebrate that on Good Friday. But then three days later, he came out of that tomb alive, risen from the dead. We celebrate that on Easter. And we believe that God in heaven clothed himself in flesh to die on our behalf so that we could live with him for eternity and have him here in the present. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, everyone has their eyes closed. It's just you and I talking right now. If you're here and you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ, could I just ask you to raise your hand in the air so that I can see that you've made that decision? I see those hands. Praise God, I see those hands. I see those hands. If you're watching us online, that same yes question comes, are you ready to say yes today? You can either type yes in the chat. Maybe there's a box popping up where you just have to click a tab. There's a good chance a moderator's throwing the question up in uh, the chat right now, and all you have to do is hit a like button. But if you hit a like, press a button, or actually type yes, it's the same digital hand going up that we see here. So if you're watching online, or if you're sitting here with, with me, could I ask everyone to say this prayer out loud? Today, God, I say yes. I say yes to salvation. I say yes to you being my king. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to become Lord of my life. And I say yes, God, to following you all the days of my life. God, I thank you for the hands that I saw went up. I thank you for the declarations that I know were happening online. And today, God, we celebrate with every yes decision because, God, we've said no to death. We've said no to destruction. We've said no to life without purpose. We've said no to everything that would sidetrack us from being a yes with you. So, Holy Spirit, we celebrate these decisions. Now, for the rest of us and for all of us, we say this, God, make my mission in life clear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and celebrate with those? That... Okay, final bonus thought. There isn't a week that goes by that I don't get a phone call, email, or some type of communication from someone asking me to know more about their ministry. And here's why. The moment they can get me to say yes to a ministry, they know that I'm going to bring it to all of you. And so it's interesting because I come in contact with a ton of really good ministries every single month. I come in contact with ministries doing powerful, powerful things. I come in contact with ministries that are surpassing anything that I've maybe even dreamt about. But you know what's easy to say no to all of them? is because I have a very clear yes on what our mission is here at Navigation Church. 
So guess what? There are times in your life you may say no to good things, but that gives you the opportunity to say yes to the great thing that God has for you. So say your no so you can embrace your yeses. And until I see you again next week, may God bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. If you need help connecting with the church, please stop by our Next Step booth. If you're guests with us, please do go to our Connecting Center. If you're just ready to help take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, stop by our hospitality room for our growth track today. And for everyone else, we will see you soon. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church Podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, No Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.